Welcome to Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demondcast. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for the reviews. The reviews help us get seen by other podcasts like ours, and maybe somebody will see us and help the show grow. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you didn't have to do it, and your time is precious, so I'm glad you decided to spend it here. And it is my pride, privilege, and pleasure to bring to you my next guest. He is from Rochester via Portland, which will be a very interesting talking, uh, a very interesting talking point and calling me from Georgia. So he's all over the place. He is an unofficial nomad, self-professed <clears throat> Beyonce expert, digital creator and host of Hear Me Out. Please help me welcome Marco Depress. <laughs> You are the best. <laughs> you are definitely the best. <laughs> How you doing today? I'm fantastic. I'm alive, still black, you know, and I'm blessed. You were telling me you were on a business trip. What you doing? My friend and I, we launched a business, the um, Black Podcast Club. So we're getting everything set up here, I'm trying to figure out a studio and everything for us. So, yeah, go check it out. You can follow us on all um, social media as the Black Podcast Club, shameless plug. So we're just getting more creatives together to build, create, and inspire the younger generation beneath us. And it's more than a club. It's a lifestyle. So we're going to take this thing off the ground. So is it a podcast network? Yep. Podcast Network Club. You can find all of it on the blackpodcastclub.com. But we'll have members different groups so we'll have like audio engineering and how to uh, manage your social media how to network just different various things that other creators can learn from when they did not know starting out in podcasting or youtubing or whatever creative aspect they want to tap into right on very yeah. very cool we know each other through Twitter, so one of these days uh, we'll actually be in the same room and I will give you an uncomfortable long uncomfortably long hug if that's okay <laughs> yes, as long as COVID is free and gone, I do not mind. <laughs> That's a deal. That is a deal. Are you ready to answer the six questions? Yes, I am. Question number one. When did you know you wanted to be a creator and specifically... When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting? Because those could be two different answers. So when did I know I wanted to get into podcasting? Um, so I've been listening to podcasts for, I would say, about five years. But, like, my podcast network was very small. So I would listen to, like, The Read, The Friend Zone, Getting Grown, Charlemagne, you know, The Breakfast Club, Brilliant Idiots, like, very popular people. So I researched, and I was like, well, I want to do what they're doing, but I just don't know the resources or how to do it. And I was like, okay, so we're just going to keep researching. And then five years later, I was going through therapy and I told my therapist, I was like, I need a creative outlet to just express myself. I was like, I feel like I'm blocking things and I just want to share my story. And she was like, why don't you start a podcast? And I was like, actually, that has been on my mind. And 
She's like, here, go to this website and create a profile. And within two weeks, I want you to come back with a format and all these things and tell me what you learned and known. And I was like, okay, so we really doing this. (laughs) So I just, (laughs) so I just started getting journals. I got a journal in my car, my bathroom, my kitchen, my living room. So whenever I get a creative idea, I just jot it down and I just create. It's been the greatest feeling ever. Just inspiring people that, you know, like just want to hear me out basically. What has he been going through? What's his story? Like how his week been going? So what topics he want to talk about? So it's just, it's been very therapeutic for me, more than a hobby and trying to get like more famous off of it. So, yeah. Right on. Have you always been creative in that way? I I heard you say that you have journals everywhere. I'm I'm glad I'm not the only person who who does that. Sometimes I think I'm a little crazy. (laughs) I'm like, Marco, why do you have all these journals? I got to do what I got to do. You're not Um, helping me right now because I feel crazy too. I didn't know that I wanted to be a creative until so I went to school for one year um, at Portland State. I was doing computer engineering, and I just don't like the systematic school system. So then I was like, yeah, this is not for me. We'll figure this out a different way. This is before everything was like on the internet and that accessible. So I dropped out of college, and I was like, we're going to move to Washington, D.C. I had a partner there. Did everything I needed to do there. I teach, um, still did creative things on the side. I did fashion. And when I was in the retail world, that's when my creative side came out a little bit more because I was a stylist. And I was like, okay, so now we're tapping into something that you like. And then, you know, when we had like big events at our stores, there would be podcasters there and radio hosts. I'm like, this is what I want to do. So I would just start networking and just try to get my foot in the door and just try to talk to them and network and not really try to make myself be known, but it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know, you know? Yes. So as long as you're passionate about what you want to do and you're going to do it, just go, just go ahead and do it. Stop waiting because the only thing that's stopping you is your fear. Can you repeat that again so everybody in the <laughs> back can hear it? <laughs> the only thing that's stopping you is your fear. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you first started out? Um, how easy it was just to put yourself out there. Me personally, you know, like Instagram and Twitter and like all these social medias nowadays, it's all about likes and retweets and numbers and everything. So I think for me personally, I was so focused on that like, oh, I don't get like a million likes like some of the famous rappers. It's like, okay, maybe that's not your audience yet. (laughs) So you just got to work with what you got and grow from there. I was stuck in my head like, ain't nobody listening, ain't nobody. But no, people are listening. And you just got to wait and build up and work on your craft. So I was kind of stressing myself out and beating myself up. But, you know, therapy works. (laughs) And working out and breathing too, so. Is that how you got over that hump of, you know, nobody's listening or you're seeing the, uh, you're not getting as many downloads as you would like, or the numbers aren't stacking up to what feels like the effort you're putting in. Like, how did you, how did you get over that hump? You know what it was? One day I was just like, excuse my friends, but I was like, fuck it. 
I was like, Marco, if we're going to do this, we're doing this for you, not for everybody around. So when you create, you need to create from your heart and not by the audience. Whoever is going to like it, whoever is going to share it, whoever is going to support you, they're going to support you. I say this all the time. The strangers are going to support you more than your own family and friends. When I started realizing that, I was, okay, so there, maybe I need to shift my circle or who I'm hanging around because I want to sit with the winners. And if you're not supporting me, like, how am I going to support you? Because this is a two-way street. We all trying to eat together. I want to hang with the winners. So I had to shift my circle and shift my mindset. Are you actively, continually shifting that mindset? Or is that something that you feel is more natural to you now? Uh, More natural now. This is one of the main things that I was working on in therapy uh, for like the last year. So now like we're closing up that patch, so to say. And now it's coming more normal. It's like, okay, like asking the right questions when you meet people. And now it's like sit back in reserve and let people talk versus <laughs> you doing all the talking. Because the more you let somebody talk, the more you understand from them. Just learning and learning about yourself and how you want to move and how you want to be seen. I still have some friends that still think I'm the Marco from seven years ago. And I'm like, I like to, you know, go to happy hour and stuff, but we're not doing the whole two, three o'clock out in the morning anymore type of deal. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe on vacation, but I also deserve that. I earned that. So I'm going to make sure I have a good time. The regular work week, uh -uh, we got things to do. (laughs) So I want to, I want to hang out with the um, group of people that's going to inspire and motivate me. So it's just me being aware of my circle. Now, is podcasting your only thing, or do you have a quote-unquote regular job? Actually, that's a really good question. So I actually quit my job in June to pursue just creating full-time. During the whole pandemic, I was stressed out of my anxiety and all this shit, and I was like, I can't work for somebody else's dream and think that mine is going to come true, too. It came to a point where shit was just happening. I was getting irritated. And I have this thing that I tell myself, I can't complain about the things I can change. And I was complaining about it. I was like, Marco, you hate this job. So if you really want to take this whole creative thing to do it, this is the perfect time. I saved up financially to do all this shit. So I knew this about probably say like a year ago in June when I handed in my two weeks. I was like, okay, we doing this. We're about to be a traveling um, creator. We're going to go, we're just going to go create and just go share your story and go meet people and podcast. So as of right now, podcasting is my only thing, but I also want to adventure out to other things. That's amazing. And I am so impressed with that, man. You are doing it. That is, (laughs) that is, that's cool, man. Every creator needs to hear, especially when you're doing it. You are, you are, you are living the dream, man, like that's to me, that's the American dream. I can go and you can get up, go do work on what you want to work on, what what you love to do. Talk about what you want to talk about mm-hmm. and, get, and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. And at some point, be able to bless others with their skill sets to help them for you to help each other build each other up. That is ah, that makes the mind happy. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man.
I was just tired of working for somebody else. I've been working since I was 17. So I was like, let's take a leap on faith. The whole fucking world is closed. So this is the fucking perfect time. You can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing. Let's just take a leap on faith. And it's been working in my favor. The universe and the good man above. Question number three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? I don't know if I have a hometown. And the reason I say that, so I'm from Portland. I moved from Portland when I was 22. And then I lived in D.C. for six years. And then from D.C., I moved to Jacksonville, Florida. Then I moved to Memphis. And then I moved back to Jacksonville. And now I'm in Rochester. So, like, when I say I'm, like, the unofficial nomad, that's what I mean. Like, I've always, so when I was doing styling for Marito, that's how I got to move across, like, all those different states. And then I was done with retail because I hated the hours. I like the brunch. If I can find a nice brunch spot in any city that I go to, I would be just as happy as that being my favorite restaurant, and I would commit to going back to I don't have a hometown favorite, but I like brunches. So I research brunches before I go to um, different cities. Wait, when did you when did you live in Memphis? I lived in Memphis in 2017, so the end of it. I live across the river from Louisville, and um, okay. my family moved down. We're all from here, and my family moved down there like 93 so they they're, they've been down there so I've been in and out of Memphis I was curious to see if you were down there when I was actually living down there yeah I miss Memphis I really enjoy Bill Street any bar live music jazz what sign <laughs> me up <laughs> question number four what are you curious about I'm curious about what does our second life look like when we die. I think that we all turn into animals because animals are like, like when I think of a dog, like people treat their dog like animals and I love it. And I'm like, I think like we, when our second life is going to be animals. <laughs> so I'm very curious to see what it looks like, how, how that process works. I'm curious. I don't really know if it's a process, but Yeah. <laughs> How did you come to that conclusion? I'm I'm curious. I was high one night, but I was thinking. I do a lot of Googling. And I just don't feel like our life is over when we're human. I feel like we all have a second life to live. And it's either for the greater or the worse. But I think it's going to be more beautiful than what we're going or what we're living through now. And I think when, when I think of dogs, us as humans, I, not a dog dad, but I want to be. Um, we really take care of our dogs. They have hotels. They have doggy daycares. They um, have their own doctors and, you know, people dogs that, like, babysit. And, like, I don't know. I just really feel like our second life is some type of animal and it's going to be better than what we're experiencing now. Question number five. Is there anything I should have asked but didn't? So I thought you were going to ask me about Beyonce, and I was very surprised you didn't. <laughs> Actually, I was waiting to see if you were going to mention her first. 
I probably should reword this question because mm-hmm. you could easily answer no. But if somebody answers no, that's where the research comes in. It's like, you're like a super Beyonce fan. So tell me about your um, love of this woman. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I have been watching Beyonce's career since she was in Destiny's Child. Uh-huh. Well, first of all, she's beautiful. Let's just start there. But to see the amount of hard work she puts into every project she does, it just amazes me. Obviously, I want to meet the woman, but if I had the chance, I just want to stand in the corner and just listen and just take notes from her work ethic of how she just operates her whole operation. Coachella, I still watch that till this day. It's on my TV once a week. She did a Grammy performance pregnant and scared the hell out of us because she wants to lean back in a chair. (laughs) She kept Blue Ivy a secret from us for how long? The way she just does not interact with the media also is just like, I'm going to control my whole story. You guys can say whatever you want to say about me, but I'll tell my story when I'm ready to tell it. And when she does, she makes money off of it. And she shuts all the media outlets down. She shuts down all the rumors because she shares her story in a musical and a visual way. I don't know. I just, this woman, she amazes me every single time. I've been to concerts. I have merch. I have her on my wall. Parkwood, if you are listening, shout out to y'all because she is doing the fucking dance thing. And I commend her. I love that woman. And I don't know if you saw Black is King either, but monumental. I have not seen it yet. Uh, It is on the list. (laughs) How many times have you seen her live? I have seen Beyonce live four times. I've seen both on the run, two. I saw The Formation, and I saw Miss Carter. I really want to get to, uh, I don't know if she's going to do it anymore. It's been a while. But like her up close and personal tour where she's in like town for like four nights. Like, I really want to go, like, to something, like, in personal, like, still love her. I just want to be, like, in a closer environment. And possibly she walked down the steps, like the one in Las Vegas. She literally came through the stage. And if she would have walked on the side that I was on, I'm pretty sure I would have fainted. I'm really standing right now. I'm going to stop. Um, <laughs> what would you ask me? <laughs> Yeah, I asked you how many times you've seen her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop saying it, but yeah. Beyonce, keep doing what you do and keep giving me these great projects because I would be watching and I would keep seeing them every single time. Don't apologize for gushing for something you are passionate about. <laughs> I just want to talk to her about like her work ethic, her passion. You worked on Coachella for 10 months straight, no break, full out, and still gave us an amazing show. <laughs> twice after giving birth to two twins what (laughs) yeah i'm just yeah i want to get to her level of status quo not even not even status quo just like her status quo of production and just producing things like i don't want the fame i just want i just want my work to showcase for itself question Number six. If you were to create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? I don't celebrate holidays. The only holiday I celebrate is my birthday. So ideally, 
So I have yet to meet like a person with the same birthday with as me in person. I met them online, but like not physically in person. So hear me out. That's a shameless plug. If we could be assigned with a good seven best friends, ride or dies no matter what at birth, and we that have the same birthday of us and celebrate our birthdays together, I would want that to happen. Because people like around Christmas and Thanksgiving, like people are so happy when holidays come. I'm not saying everybody likes their birthday because I know like tragedy and like different things that happen on people's birthdays. But like if we started out as this, I feel the world would be a different place. And this is just tapping into like my animation and like all this other shit that I want to do creatively. If at birth, seven, seven people, we just bond, just grow up together, explore life. Have you ever seen The Good Place? Or, yeah, The Good Place? Yes. Love that show. Just, just like that, but a concept like that, but maybe groups, we all celebrate the birthday, but it's, like, always positive. And, like, if you do some, like, shitty things or if you're a negative person, like, you get kicked out or, like, you know, like a life like that. Because I like my birthday. It's always a celebration for me, just because that's when I personally feel the love the most um, out of any other day in the calendar year. I think that's how it should be. Anybody on their birthday should feel the most empowered with love and, you know, encouragement. I'm so proud of you, and I love you. And if no other day mattered out the year to anybody else to you, it should be your birthday. I am in total agreement, as you well know now. <laughs> Stupid COVID. I was so excited to have my gospel choir. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really cool concept. That's a really, really cool concept. You said you've met people that, ha well, at least online, that have your birthday, but nobody in person. Have you kind of started to group together with any of these people? I actually never thought about that. Like, I say friends on social media trip all together. No. It's hard, like, being, like, a friend as an adult because everyone is so busy and everyone has different things going on at different times of their life. So that would be dope, though. I should probably try that. And thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, because if their birthday is important, I can be there to, you know, help and uplift them, even if it's like a quote-unquote a tragic thing to them, if that's the case. Look at you, putting ideas in my head. I like that. <laughs> now it's recorded, too, so now you have <laughs> I just want 10% of the proceeds. Where can we find you on the interwebs? All the shows. So first, shameless plug, go follow the Black Podcast Club on Instagram and Facebook. So go ahead and do that. You can find me on all streaming services under Hear Me Out by Marco de Prince. And if you're looking for me on the socials, you can find me at This Is Hear Me Out. That is Instagram and Twitter. I'd like to take this time out to thank Marco de Prince and also to thank you, dear listener, for listening. That was a really fun interview to do. I, I love doing this stuff. Please leave a rating and review on whatever podcast app you download us at. That What that does is help drive us up the rankings so other people can find and enjoy the show as well. Next week, my guest cites his multicultural upbringing as a key to his success. We talk spelling and grammar, the exact date he knew he'd be a writer, 
and his Dark Side trilogy, which has been optioned for a Netflix series. Next week, I chat with William Hayashi. So until next time, see it, hear it, speak it, live.